This is such a cool state. I mean, come on, live free or die. You're the state where the shout was heard around the world. That last Senate I don't know if you're aware you're in New Hampshire. People in New Hampshire don't care about money. You can't buy a vote in New Hampshire. They want to see you, they want to touch you. I would like to do small groups, but if we announce that I'm coming to like a restaurant, all of a sudden there's, you know, a thousand people show up. His imagination must not be married to real power. Why not? You just don't want to see us fall backwards. You go to New Hampshire, there are not any minorities there and nobody lives there. Liar! Thank you, New Hampshire. And now, from the campus of St. Anselm College in Manchester, New Hampshire, the existential flagship of presidential primary activity, your host, the executive director of the New Hampshire Institute of Politics, Neil Levesque, and because every ship needs a rusty anchor, Josh McKelvin. New Hampshire Live starts now. Well, welcome back to New Hampshire Live. I'm Neil Levesque with... Josh McKelvin. Hey, buddy. I love the poll, so we have a new poll out. We have a great but Before we start... A lot of people, I don't know if you, you know, when we're out there, people are coming up to me all the time, ask me about the podcast. You get that a lot? I do, um, <laughs> even from people other than my mother. Um, and Who's even, producing that? I keep getting, right? Yes. So we're going to introduce everybody to the, to the producer of the, of the podcast, Lexi. She, Hi. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. She's now uh, a New Hampshire <laughs> resident, uh, which is good, because for a little while she had main license plates on her car, which like I year. was like, you're going to get pulled over. <laughs> Folks in Maine, I mean, a little off, a little weird. A little weird. Pretty small town, kind of laid back. Don't have, really get out but much. But you have Martins. Yes, we do have Martins. Great we place. We do not have Martins. <laughs> and Rennie's, a Maine adventure. Rennie's, yeah. Did you ever meet Governor, Governor LePage? I did actually. He was really um, close with my great grandpa, oh. and um, who was a veteran, and he had a Purple Heart from the Korean War. He oh. did a lot with veterans in the state, so LePage and him were really close. Hmm. Thank you for your grand- grandpa's service. Yeah. There's that great Fun poem. Fact. I'm my own grandpa. Have you ever heard that? No. Go ahead. Like, if you're listening to this, you can Google "I'm my own grandpa." Is, this, is he from Nantucket? If no, he's from it's, not, it's an actual thing where it's a it's a limerick where the guy says <laughs> he follows it through his family tree and figures out that he's his own grandpa. Check it out. It's pretty good. Sorry. Wow. We're getting off topic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let's, on the poll. let's talk about the polls here. And, but thanks for producing this show because I know it can't be easy working, well, particularly for Neil. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, you know, easy, right? Easy to work with. Thanks. Neil. No, Neil, he's just demanding. Day. He likes to, you know, he likes things the way he likes things. So, but look at the talk. So, here, obviously, we're a year and a half away from the election. Um, and a lot of people question polls. You know, and well, the, the reason for them. But I think that you know, they are gotta, a good sna- snapshot. Yeah, and they're going to be indicative of a couple things here. So at this time, four years ago, Scott Walker was on the lead to become the Republican presidential nominee. And Hillary Clinton had such a commanding lead that people were just sort of kind of outraged that Bernie Sanders was even considering remember, getting yeah. into this whole thing. So you've got to take it as it is. And I think with the two people at the top here, you've got two very familiar well-known names, um, and are you going to say who they are? I'm getting there. Okay, Sorry. so it's uh, it's Biden and Sanders. <laughs> I mean, most people know it's Biden and Sanders, twenty-three and sixteen percent, and uh, you know that is a well-known. They're well-known commodities. So you could be that. Hey, it's early. They know who they are, and that's why they're choosing them. But the big surprise here is who is now in third place. Yeah, Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete, and you've got to even have his last name down. 
Pete Buttigieg, yeah. and uh, I can say it. He That's really the, skyrocketed. I mean, Mayor South Bend is now in a, in a yep. field of 14 candidates that were polled. He's sitting at number three in New Hampshire. Under the age of 40, I mean, he's, he's not yet 40, is he? He's 37 years old. Yeah. He's 40 years younger than Bernie Sanders. And when we had him on this podcast, so if you go back a couple episodes, you can hear him. It was right before he flew to Texas to do the CNN town hall meeting. And it was literally, you can almost mark it to that day. Yeah. Well, he I mean, did, yeah. he did the podcast, which obviously speaks a lot to his popularity now in New Hampshire. Yes, and then and went off to, um, really, it's the top of the town. As we've said before, you go to a soccer game, you go to a lacrosse game, you go to a dinner party. It's what people are talking about. Um, ironically, today in Bedford, New Hampshire, I was at lunch uh, at a restaurant, and the people directly next to me were talking about how Pete Buttigieg was now third in the polls and how they liked him and everything else. So something is going on. Now, when we talk about why polls early on may not be, they're just a snapshot, but the what is the recipe? What is it that Pete Buttigieg has done in this crowded field without putting any money on television, uh, in a crowded group here where it's very hard to get earned media? What is he doing? That's attracting so much attention. You mean aside from doing the podcast? Yeah, yes. no, I mean... So it, there you go, other <laughs> candidates. And politics <laughs> and eggs. And politics and eggs. So let, let that be... I mean, he was here. And you know what? It was an impressive... Well, I mean, what did you think, Lex? I mean, he... he I thought he delivered a, a... And it wasn't a canned speech. Mm-hmm. You know, he was able to articulate his thoughts and, and connect with people in a very genuine way. I mean, that, that, that resonates. It's New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. I was impressed by it. Yeah, he was very genuine. And what we actually found in the poll is that a lot of people on kind of the opposite sides of the spectrum really liked him. So the younger people and the older people all really liked Mayor Pete. It was like not as much in the middle. Same thing with people who describe themselves as moderate and conservative leaning versus very liberal. Those two ends of the spectrum really liked Mayor Pete and there wasn't as much in the middle. So it was just really interesting to see. Um, who he's connecting with. And it'd be interesting to see whether he can keep this momentum going because everybody seems to have their, I mean, remember when there was, uh, in the last cycle, how many candidates were there? You know, there was a bunch. And everybody seemed to peak, if, you know, have their moment right. where, they, where they spiked. But number four, this might surprise a lot of people, was Elizabeth Warren. You know, Elizabeth Warren can't be happy with that number um, coming in at fourth place here. Um, you know, she's in her state is in the same media market as New Hampshire. She should be pretty well known. And she's been campaigning here very hard. And she's coming back campaigning very hard. She's a very effective campaigner when she's out and about. Um, And she doesn't have a bad number, but it's not some great impressive number. So, uh, you know... There's an expectation when it comes to her. There is definitely an expectation. You know, the other expectation here is that we see going down the list, we know who they are. Um, There's a whole series of U.S. senators who should have national spotlight, national branding, and and they're not, and they're not registering. And, you know, I think in, in the case of Gillibrand, uh, she's the United States senator from New York State. She should have a national brand that transmits into some percentage of numbers here, and she's at 0.9%, which is pretty, that's a tough thing and she's to been be here. looking at. Yeah. She's been here uh, a few times. You know, I... I it's early. I mean, it's early. So let's you know, let's not forget that. But that's that's got to be disappointing. Point nine for yeah. the U.S. senator from New York. I mean, if Harris was at point nine, 
for being the U.S. Senator from California, uh, that would be pretty tough to take. But apparently they know who she is. So how much do you think is, is this is reflective of the fact that they're part of a, a body that no one really is happy with right now? I'm talking about Congress in general. Okay, so let's say that Pete Buttigieg is the mayor of a... South well, Bend. South Bend. Is it a town or a city? I just know that Rudy went there. So, <laughs> I think yeah. it's around 100,000 people. 100,000 yeah. people. So it's about the same size as Manchester, New Hampshire. Um, he's a Afghanistan war veteran. Um, unique background. Harvard educated. Um, and an openly gay candidate. I yeah. Mean, that's, you, know, that's, you know, not exactly what... Uh, and, and married. Yeah. Uh, and challenging the vice president pretty effectively on some of that stuff. Um you know, what is it, again, in his recipe? Well, he's not a member of Congress. Not establishment. He doesn't sit there right. and just whack at the president all day, and he's not very negative all the time. You know, some of these candidates are just, you know, it's like a visceral hatred of President Trump. I get it. But at the same token, it's like, well, what are you going to do? And why are you going to do it? And really good politicians, they can have the platitude speech but then they're really good at sort of explaining why they're going to do things. And Clinton was, Bill Clinton was really talented. So at that. let's ask Lex, because obviously you represent a certain age demographic, which is, you know, you've been around a while. I'm, I'm below that in the 18 to 34 category. I don't think so. Yeah. And then so, and Lex Probably is not. younger than <laughs> What do you mean? I'm, right. So, I mean, what are you looking for when you hear from, from, uh, I don't know if you're a Democrat or Republican because that's not how we operate here on this podcast. There's no benchmarks. But, I mean, what resonates with you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really been awesome to get to see all these candidates and hear from all of them about their opinions on different issues. What I really have noticed being a recent graduate is student debt is um, a hurdle for a lot of people. And, you know, get graduating college and realizing you have hundreds of dollars to pay as a bill to the government for your education. A month. Not a just month. Yeah. Not some total. No, yeah, <laughs> just like a month. Uh, days are gone. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So somebody that, you know, so, notices so free that. education sounds good. Right, yeah. exactly. Not, not free education, though. You know what I mean? I want practical solutions. I know that everything, we can't have free this, free that, because who's going to pay for it? That's the other thing is Thank we're noticing you. people don't have, when they say who's going to pay for it, they don't have the answer yet. They're like, oh, I'd like to get to that later on in my campaign. And that doesn't work. You know, Mayor Pete actually had, I think, on a lot of the issues, proposed solutions already. And one of the things he did on CNN Town Hall that was really good and that he did when he was here is he explained kind of the similarities between a presidency and a mayor and how you actually have that same kind of executive Experience. We're, we're uh, Josh. I know. Am I leaving? Lexi's going to put us out of a job. Yeah, I just didn't <laughs> say that. That was outstanding. Wow. Uh, Trust me, I'm taking it all in, guys. You think I'm just chilling here, tweeting on the sidelines, and I, I'm actually I, absorbing I, stuff. I did. I mean, I'm trying to think of something. She's going to smart our microphone. It's <laughs> probably be a good idea, particularly no. when I was talking about my own grandfather, which, by the way, everyone should Google. Or how you were listening in on people's conversations at a restaurant, but. Yes, we'll they were being very, when you hear the word Buddha judge pronounced correctly, sure. you pick up on it sure. in a restaurant. So but a couple other things here. Um, by uh, 10% favorability drop since our last poll. Now, he's had some negative um, publicity lately and some controversial statements. And that may be why there's a 10% drop. But, you know, frankly, it could be that 
Mayor Buttigieg is an alternative, and he's picking up steam from one of the two front runners, and so that could be. And he's not a declared candidate. Let's not he's forget. Not a declared I mean, so candidate. nobody he, knows what he's going to do. Now, despite everyone knows what the controversies were, um, you know his touching thing. Uh, despite that, he joked about it twice at the first event that he spoke about it after. I don't know. At one point, this is going to have to be decided 20, upon what's appropriate, right? I mean, twenty-five percent of women in our poll support Joe Biden. He has a gender gap between men and women, with women favoring him. Very important and very interesting. Usually, you'll have a female candidate that has that kind of same gender gap. More women support the female candidate. In this, it's completely upside down, and that I think. Considering the fact we polled after the, all of this came out, uh, is quite fascinating. Well, let's talk about the incumbent and the one that everybody we presume is going to be chasing, and that's Donald Trump. He's still underwater in terms of favorability here in New Hampshire. Not surprising. What is fascinating to me is that forty percent just will not move as far as the support that he has. It's he's got that forty percent. It's time. like Lake. Every time. It's like looking at Lake Winnipesaukee when it's frozen over. And just looking at that sheet of ice and saying it, there's no ripple, a bomb could go off. There's no ripples. There's no nothing. It's just one flat sheet in his poll numbers. Yeah, and that's a good, it's, it's a good thing to have. It's a good base. Obviously, that needs to go up at one point. Or the other team needs to come down, which I think is the tactic of the president, which I actually think will be a, a successful tactic at, to some degree. Um, he's he has taken the Green New Deal with one speech, and just just packaged it perfectly as a, well, honey, I can't turn on the television because the sun's not out, <laughs> and he he takes uh, you know yeah. candidates and makes fun of them, uh, including Elizabeth Warren, uh, I think pretty effectively, and he he you know. When you see him do it at one of his rallies, you say to yourself, what is he doing? And then later on, you figure out that he's perfectly packaged it so that people can get it. It's just like Make America Great Again. He's do that message is so subjective to every single person, but he, he does a great job with it. Lex, I mean, what do you, I mean, what do you think? I mean, 40%, let's, let's not forget, that. How, how many times has he been here as president? Once? Once. I think. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't campaigned here. The expectation is... That he does consider New Hampshire very important and will be playing here quite a bit. We'll see a lot of them. Well, although, from what I know, there is no uh, campaign up in place whatsoever for the Trump campaign in New Hampshire. Um, they obviously have the Republican State Committee, but you know there, there's no, uh, you know, he if he's challenged, which he looks like he is by Weld, he can't technically use that. So, you know, you need a vehicle. In the state, and he does not have that up and running yet. I think he feels like he is safe in New Hampshire, and I feel like a lot of his rallies so far have been out in the Midwest, and he might be trying to keep that area because that was a little bit of a bigger win for him. Yeah, it's his comfort zone, right? He goes out there, that's where he gets his energy from, these crowds. And and, I mean, are we convinced that he's running? Donald Trump? Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course he's running. He doesn't. He never gives up. Filed for re-election on the day of his inauguration. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. so I guess it, he. I do expect that they're going to play here quite a bit. Now, if the infrastructure is not in place, the apparatus of the campaign, maybe just because you don't know of it, maybe there is something that's being built. 
you never know. Uh, but I do expect we're going to see a lot of them here because New Hampshire is important in so many ways. We have a Senate race that uh, we'll see how that goes. Some names are being mentioned to, to challenge Gene Shaheen for her seat. Um, and, you know, he, does, he wants New Hampshire back. He won the primary after I think the way Iowa. the campaign is different. I think his idea of a campaign is he flies in here and gives a speech and rallies everybody up. To his credit, it's worked. I think that necessarily putting a whole bunch of people on the ground and going door to door or anything like that is just not something in their cards. And and uh, I think we would hear about it if it was. I mean, they're not bringing any surrogates in. Um, you know, his daughter. Laura was Trump here, was just here. His step yes. stepdaughter. You know, his daughter-in-law. Daughter-in-law. Yeah. Daughter-in-law. She's doing a fundraiser. I kind of separate fundraisers from campaigning. You know, it's not a a general thing where. A whole bunch of people can go and hear the message of the campaign. It's more of a thing where, oh, that happened, and Channel 9 got them, you know, on television doing a soundbite, but not much else besides that. Mm. Well, what do you think, Wax? I mean, you're, you know, you're kind of from the generation of people who probably look at the president, let's say, oh, I don't know, a skeptical eye. <laughs> a little bit skeptical <laughs> eye. Um, I mean... If nobody's going to challenge him or if he thinks that he's safe in New Hampshire, I don't think we're going to see him very much before the primary. And he will probably wait until after that and, you know, try to rally up for the general election and probably try to, you know, attack whoever his opponent turns out oh, to I be. Oh, I think that's fair to say. <laughs> that's so, socialism. Yeah. Right? So yeah. I, it'll be interesting to see. Okay. Are we done? We're I getting that rap sign. You got that down. This week, is it's a great poll. We'll see as we poll again. Uh, where these numbers compare, who's going up, who's going down. Um, if you want to see any of this, it's on our New Hampshire Institute of Politics. That would be NHIOP website. Um, and I think that's it. And come see Tom Steyer on Tuesday night next week. I'll Tom be there Steyer. 6.30. 6.30 at St. Anthony. You can sign up where? At the NHIOP website. Boom. And uh, I think we're going to try to turn that into a podcast as well. Beautiful. All right. Well, good to see you. Thank you. Lex, we'll have Lex on more. Promise, folks. See ya.